stupid stuff like that. I know it's very European to like, it'll solve itself. <laughs> All your money that was in there, it'll figure itself out. <laughs> yeah. You'll the get system. it back eventually. Yeah. When, you're an when American, you earn it back, yeah. you're an American. You got you'll tons find of money. money. Yeah. Yeah. The Forefathers Podcast is an opportunity to join the conversation and friendship of four priests of the Diocese of St. Petersburg. Through their families, formation, and ministry, they grapple with the realities that confront us all. Each episode, they'll respond to a question which they've faced in their own lives and which we often face in ours. Spirit FM is happy to present The Forefathers. Hello, you're listening to The Forefathers Podcast. I'm Father Chuck Dornquist. I'm Father Alex Padilla. I am Father Kyle Smith. Woo! And uh, we're, we're, we're doing another round of three fathers until uh, Father Justin Pasker is able to, to be with us. Uh, and so today, uh, Father Kyle, you, you bring, um, you bring a, a great topic and, and perhaps one that we don't really look at much anymore. Well, one of my amazing students uh, asked me about the existence of hell, like when, what's its, its timetable, if you can answer what, time, what its timetable is when it, when it came into creation. And all that sort of stuff. And I think, I mean, just kind of, that kind of sparked my, my brain to think about other dimensions of hell. And I think so often uh, the best way we treat hell is uh, to say damn it to somebody and uh, walk away. But we don't think about, uh, you know, who could possibly be there? Might that be our future residents? And uh, <laughs> a few other things in place. So, I mean, I just wanted to present this this uh, this question, uh, not necessarily of, of this timetable of hell, but just some general things that, the church holds about hell, maybe uh, some thoughts that we have uh, come to experience through our theological studies that might be slightly controversial, but might be also uh, a, a sense of hope and, and an area of, of much damnation. So <laughs> I, I bring these questions to you, fathers, about enlighten us, the good people of God, about hell. Yeah, so actually times ties in pretty well. Uh, a couple weeks back, I gave a presentation to our youth ministry uh, on heaven, hell, and purgatory. And a big focus was on hell, just because we, we, we never talk about it anymore. And the fact that hell is very much uh, a possibility. So I did some research in the catechism. So I figured we can, uh, we can start by looking at just what the catechism of the Catholic Church uh, presents to us on, on the reality of hell. So it's uh, catechism chapter 1033. Uh, and so uh, it picks up about halfway through. Our Lord warns us that we shall be separated from him if we fail to meet the serious needs of the poor and the little ones who are his brethren. To die in mortal sin without repenting and accepting God's merciful love means remaining separated from him forever by our own free choice. This state of definitive self-exclusion from communion with God and the blessed is called hell. And then in uh, 1036, the affirmations of sacred scripture and the teachings of the church on the subject are hell are a call to the responsibility incumbent upon man to make use of his freedom in view of his eternal destiny. They're at the same time an urgent call to conversion. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. That was just one, one more chapter that I thought was pertinent, which was 1037. God predestines no one to go to hell. For this is a willful turning away from God. A mortal sin is necessary. And persist, persistence in it until the end. In the Eucharistic liturgy and in the daily prayers of her faithful, the church implores the mercy of God. 
who does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. So a few things uh, uh, in that first chapter, which really struck uh, is, is that hell, I, 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 hell's not like a created place. I don't think God in his, in his midst of creating everything, creates heaven, earth, everything else, and then decides to create this se- separate place, which, which we would call hell. Um, I mean, God, we know, is uh, all good, and so he can't create an evil. But there is the possibility of, of us being separated and that, that distance from God creating not necessarily its own separate place, but uh, those who choose to experience the absence of God. Uh, and so there can be like an eternal absence from God, those who have chosen to withdraw themselves. Uh, and then, of course, the call to, to responsibility. I, I think uh, we don't like to, to recognize the fact that we could, I could, I could, Father Chuck, I could go to hell based off of the decisions I make in this life, uh, my ability or desire to cooperate with grace in my own life, uh, hell is, is possible. Uh, and so there's that, that impetus to, well, I, be- I better live my life right. I-, I better choose the good things and to choose to go- do good and to care for the poor and the little ones. Uh, but that, that's not God's desire. God's desire is for us to be in union with him and in communion with him, to, to share with him for eternity. Uh, and so uh, those are the, the, the teachings of the catechism on hell. They're, they're the basic foundations from which we, we start off of uh, is that hell is the experience of the separation uh, from the presence of God. So that absence or that, that void uh, and that we're called to work towards grace and to, to not having that absence. Yeah, I think what you said is very good and what the catechism says is very good, of course. Woo! Uh, <laughs> It's true, though. It's something that he permits. If, if we, in our own free will, choose not to follow God and choose not to, to love him and love others because of that love that we receive from him, then he's going to allow us to, to pursue our own freedom and give us what we want. And if what we wanted in this life is to not follow him, is to not be with him, he will grant that freedom to us in eternal life. He can't force us to do something. That's not how God works. God's will doesn't work that way. And so I love what you in the catechism kind of pointed out is that it's not something that he creates, but it's something that he permits out of a response to our own freedom, right? And it comes from our own desires. And I also love what you said, just kind of reiterate that we have the ability to kind of work with the, you know, with the help of grace, with God's coming through and breaking through eternity into time, right? To, to love him and to live according to him and to basically fulfill those desires within us to be with him and to love him both on earth and in eternal life, right? Yeah, I think it's that same capacity for the absence of God uh, or that, that ab- ability to experience the absence of God is also the same capacity for, our to, for us to experience his, his closeness and his grace. If, if we didn't have that possibility, then, then we also wouldn't have the possibility of, of those incredible moments of love and of deep peace and joy which come from his his presence. Now, uh, an interesting thing, I don't know if you guys are a fan of uh, Stranger Things on Netflix, um, but Stranger Things portrays, uh, and there's no spoilers here, uh, but they portray the upside down, uh, which is basically reality, but but lacking, um, lacking color, lacking beauty, lacking love. Mm-hmm. It's all just, it's, it's like the absence of grace, and I thought it was an, an incredible portrait of mm. of what hell would look like, and even the fact that I, I, there's that expression that of of hell on earth. Uh, I think somewhat, to some extent, we we can live that. It's possible for us to live here and now, 
of the absence of the presence of God, the absence yeah. of love. And and sadly, I think so many people feel that and they self-medicate to feel it less. Yeah. Um, that that's possible to live in the upside down uh, today, in 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 our work, in our families, in our lives. It's possible to experience the absence of God, and it's just with with death comes that final verdict, the final judgment of, you know, how did you choose to live? And and when you had the ability to choose grace and to choose love, did you? Uh, and and it's just reflected of a reflection of that for the rest of eternity. We hate to interrupt the conversation, but we do need to take a moment to hear from our sponsor. Your Spirit FM's story behind the song. Karen Wells. I'll never forget a question one pastor asked on a Sunday morning several years ago. If God answered the prayers you've been praying, would it change anyone's life but your own? I think we often forget that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And when we activate the power of our prayers on behalf of others, our friends, our cities, our nation, and the world, things can change. The world starts changing when the church starts praying. Hey, all the world starts changing when the church starts praying. Songs that inspire and strengthen your faith. Your Spirit FM. Uh, the thing that I, I struggle with, Hill, I'm sorry, my throat's oh, catching something. It's November. Uh, is that I, I don't think we appreciate the nearness of salvation, that we, we take mm. the, the life we live as, you know, it is hell on earth or it's terrible, but it's like, and for some it is. It's unpleasant. I'm not going to diminish that. But I don't think we appreciate how, how close we are to salvation, how close we are to the hope of the resurrection in this life. And yet we constantly continue and if you're anything like me, to reject it, to continually turn our back on the resurrection, to turn our back on the imitation of God. And I, I, I think we don't realize how close this life will be to heaven. Uh, a realization I had uh, not too long, not to, not to talk the, the via negativa about hell here, what is hell by talking about what it isn't, is heaven. It's not heaven. And, and I find... Uh, 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 I recently just got off a five-day silent retreat, and I realized how how challenging and how how tiresome it is to pray for four hours a day for five days a week, and and how if this is what eternal life is going to be like, well, am I am I more accustoming myself to a style a lifestyle of damnation? And so for me, that's a, a perplexing and, and frightening thought that these heavenly delights, which I I, I proclaim to believe in and strive for, uh, they're challenging and and. and I, I worry about our brothers and sisters that don't have a prayer life, that don't have the opportunities to take five days off and put four hours of prayer in, because so often I, I think they're blind to the nearness of, of the heavenly life that when the chance comes to choose eternal life or eternal damnation, I I worry that they might not have the tools. And I, and I think that's something we have to always continue to mind. I think we've all hit that. It's this free will. I, I think at the time of at the time of judgment, maybe this is a poor interpretation, but the Lord will ask us, what do you choose? You choose me or do you choose not me? And I think you've said it, Father Chuck, and you've said it, uh, Father Padilla, uh, that uh, 
that uh, what we do in this life will determine our response. And I, and I don't think we can appreciate that. And and I live in the two poles of, of what will hope the hope of salvation and and the fear of damnation is that the uh, two I would say good and holy men one Dominican uh, one I believe a Jesuit uh, I'm, I'm taking a line out of Father Padilla's book here but uh, uh, you know we look at the, how Thomas Aquinas looked at heaven and they asked the question so I thought it was a question or something you know is is heaven full and he said I I doubt it. I find it. I find that to be quite doubtful that heaven will be very full. It won't have many folks. And for me, that is a. Uh, I want to mention one of our brothers, but uh, that's a a, 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 a bone chilling experience. The yeah. thought of, of I was going to say something much more crude than that, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, that is uh, for me uh, something that is frightening. One of the great minds of our church, which has lasted near a thousand years finds it doubtful that heaven is full. And, and and we were talking about this in the pre-conversation about Ben Balthazar and uh, uh, the hope of, uh, you know, that no one goes to hell. There's the other side of the coin, that there's nobody in hell. And, and I want to quote another great theologian near and dear to my heart, uh, Father Alex Padilla. When I was whoa. in Rome... I, whoa. whoa, whoa. When I was in Rome, uh, my favorite trip of my life, uh, I was I was joking with him about how I want to just slide through to hit purgatory, and if I get to purgatory, I will get you know I'll make it eventually. And 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 the great theologian Father Alex Padilla said to me, "Well, aim for heaven, because then that if you miss if you miss purgatory, there ain't no coming back bum, up from bum. that." So that was for me a, a striking thought. I still have in my mind uh, three three and a half years later. So uh, I'm gonna stop talking. Yeah, and I guess to kind of, I don't really know how to respond to after all of that, but uh, thank you very much for the kind words and uh, for the great experience in Rome, by the oh, way. Yeah, geez, Even yeah. as much as you hate it, I loved you coming over. It oh, was, it was well, fantastic. You were one of the highlights. That's one of the one. That's something, isn't that's it? That's the one highlight. That's something, isn't it? But I did want to kind of just kind of expound on something you said, uh, Father, is because, you know, we kind of talk about, okay, well, is heaven full? Is hell empty? Kind of, you know, kind of, you know, that whole discussion that is kind of, it seems ongoing, you know, we think we would have at least kind of come to some sort of understanding of that. At some point, Jesus did come, you know, uh, salvation is a real thing. And mm. so is damnation. Um, you mentioned a, a name, Von Balthazar, and, you know, in our pre-conversation, I kind of went off on a little tangent about this, but I think it's appropriate to bring in is that, you know, he has this, um, this infamous work um, called in English, Dare We Hope. And I don't know how many people have actually read that work. I've not. Um, yeah. I think we did. We, we had to read it. You, yeah. you, I mean, most likely, but I think a lot of people who kind of complain about the idea of like, dare we hope, the idea that he presents and the idea that kind of comes out of this is, well, dare we hope that all men are saved, that all people gain salvation, right? And I think it's a great idea to think that we want to work for the salvation of everyone we encounter. I of think course. that's a pretty... Uh, pretty noble thing that's our jobs it's as our priests. Job. It's our vocations. <laughs> that's our vocations as priests and as Christians. People. And as Christians. <laughs> but... You know, one of the things that gets lost in translation is quite literally the lost in translation title of the book. The title, of, it was written in German. The title is not Dare We Hope, but the title is For What May We Hope. Oh, you should say it in German, though. I don't know how to ah. say it in German. Sorry. But... So for our German listeners. <laughs> for our German uh, mm, Close, no, but... Yeah. but <laughs> Nine. But the, <laughs> that's German. Gross, but the nine. <laughs> but so the title of For What May We Hope, he's not saying that, 
no one's in hell. His argument is actually that we know definitively that Satan and the demons are in hell because they made a decision that was definitive. Yep. But from our inability to know with 100% certainty anything else, we can't actually say that specific people are in hell because we do not understand and we do not know fully with our human abilities the limits of God's mercy, the interplay between judgment and mercy and forgiveness and justice, right? And so he's just saying on an epistemological level, on an, a level of human knowing, that we are unable to know who's there. And so he's so from that, he's like, we can hope that all men can be saved and that all men will be saved, but also gently reminds us that we actually have to do the work of salvation here on earth. And so he's not saying that everyone is saved. I know that kind of gets kicked around, especially in seminaries and some classes where it's like, oh, Von Balthasar this or Von Balthasar that. His work is actually very nice and it's very humbling to kind of remind us as priests and as Christians that we have to bring salvation to all of those whom we encounter, right? And that's something we can hope for, that when we encounter someone, we can bring them that salvation that is much closer, much closer than they think. Yeah, cool. So to wrap up, uh, avoid hell. Cooperate with grace. Aim for heaven. And aim for heaven. You've been listening to the Forefathers Podcast. See you next week. You can interact with the Forefathers and submit questions for future episodes at facebook.com slash DOSP Forefathers Podcast. That's DOSP, the number four Fathers Podcast. The Forefathers Podcast is brought to you by Spirit FM 90.5 in Tampa, a radio broadcast ministry dedicated to bringing the community hope through hit Christian music and sharing the light of Christ through the fullness of the Catholic faith. You can listen online at myspiritfm.com or get our free app by searching My Spirit FM on Google Play and at the App Store. 